0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. This is Good Shepherd Sunday. I talked with many colleagues this week. Most of us were like, great, Good Shepherd Sunday. It comes around every year, always during the Easter season. And we all sat there and said, huh. What kind of shepherd sermon are you doing this time? <laughs> you know? And we sat there and thought, We've done it all. We we've said it all. We've done every concoction you can think of. We've done every children's sermon you can think of. I thought about passing y'all out cotton balls and making you ba like little sheep. Um no, no cotton balls today, you're off the hook. We thought of many, many things. Um and then I thought, you know, maybe a reminder. I think. Part of the trouble with this text is is you and I are somewhat removed from shepherding. I don't think there's a shepherd here amongst us, Bob. You never shepherded either. Did you did you have sheep? Did, no, didn't have sheep. He says, "Yeah." <laughs> they were pig. <laughs> no sheep. So none of us here have owned sheep, and even still we're removed from what sheep were in the biblical time and what they meant. You see, we, we think about sheep, um, but what we don't understand is how important they were to the village and to the community. And really, even though a shepherd was considered somebody who mostly lived outside the city life, just by nature of profession, sheep were truly an honored an animal in many ways because people knew they, they meant their livelihood okay, and that they were important. And so the shepherd would find the greenest pasture he could find anywhere. And he would travel those sheep sometimes a long way from family and friends so that his sheep could have the best field to graze in. And then the sheep would set up a perimeter, a fence, if you will. And in that day, a fence would be rocks and boulders and, and branches and logs and, and fencing wiring that you could come up with. And and the, the shepherd, if he was a good shepherd, would, would create this fence, this barrier, all except the entrance into it. And a good shepherd who cared for his sheep and his livelihood would know each of the sheep truly by name. And would have them named. And then therefore if one was lost, if one was gone, he could identify to the other shepherds with him which sheep it was and who it was they needed to look for. Because this was a 24-hour, seven-days-a-week kind of job, you cannot physically stay awake that often. And so the shepherd would need to sleep at some point, and so he would literally lay across the entrance to the pasture. So if any sheep was to escape during the night, he was literally going to have to trample over a shepherd to get out. That's what it meant to be a shepherd, in this time period that we're talking about this morning. It's interesting that I carried that text with me all week. And yesterday, I found myself with some friends of ours. We've been friends for nearly 30 years. And they had a daughter who was getting confirmed in the Catholic Church in Cedar Rapids yesterday. And there were 60-some youth getting confirmed. And and the Monsignor stood up and, and began his sermon. And I'm sitting there with pen in hand just hoping maybe he'd give me something I could use today, you know. And, and and he was talking about how we have popular or famous figures today, and he was talking to the kids about some of their trendy sayings. And he says, you know, if there's a famous person around, and, and if they happen to be in the presence or in the building that we are in, kids will say, so-and-so is in the house, Now imagine hearing that from a Catholic monsignor in all of his vestments and robes. It was pretty hysterical, actually, in front of all these kids. And he turned to the kids and he says, I want you to know that Jesus is in the house today. I think that's a good way to think about the shepherd, honestly. That Jesus is in the house this morning. He is in the house with us. and, And he is guarding and he is protecting And he is watching over us. And he is guiding us in our path and in the decisions that we make. And and he's nudging us where we need to be nudged. And he's guiding and guarding our words. And then the Monsignor went on and he he said, but you know, he goes, as I look out at these 60-some teenagers getting confirmed, and I look at this and I know, he goes, because he too was in his 60s, says, I get it that I've been around long enough and I've been corrected enough on this all my days. I know that the youth are the church today, not the church tomorrow. And he says, and I look out at these 60-some kids and their families and their mentors and their sponsors, and he goes, and I have to ask this question that you ask all the time. What's up? You know, and I I think we got to look at ourselves Honestly. And say, this is the church of Jesus Christ? Really? This mess of motley people that have been thrown together? It begs the question, what's up? What's up with this? What's up with this this mess of people, these, these people that... That hurt each other, that that make mistakes, that that say things that, that cut to the quick, that that are judgmental, who who think for ourselves, who, who want to do things our way. This this mass of people that are, are so different, that are traditional and, and contemporary, and, and those who rather just worship by sitting out on the green grass. And we call all this this group of people who, who are passionate about, about service and, and food pantry is the way in which we minister and we be the church of Jesus. Christ and some say no it's through music that we model the church of Jesus Christ and and some say no it's through Bible study and if you're not doing Bible study you don't have it figured out it's through all of this that Jesus has put us together and somehow in this we become the church I want you to know that as, as sheep about being called a sheep? Bah. (laughs) Bad. I don't like being called a sheep. Sheep have baggage. I should have said that better. Baggage. Sheep have baggage. (laughs) They're known for being dumb, right? They're known for being led to the slaughter. Not interested in that, thank you very much. They are known for, for being aimless followers. But that is not at all the kind of sheep that Jesus is calling. That's not the kind of sheep we're talking about in our scripture this morning. But we are talking about sheep who were valued because they had worth and they were critical to life and to the community. Sometimes we treat the word flock as if it is a singular word, but it is a plural word. Flock means all of us. And there is one flock under the name of Jesus Christ. And so while we may not get it all, and believe me, we don't, and neither do I, and though we may screw up left and right, you and me both, we are called. We are called to be sheep. We are called to be empowered to be God's people. We are called to use our gifts left and right for the name of Jesus Christ, for the shepherd who calls each and every one of us, to be one flock under his name, the great shepherd of us all.
1: Amen.